0: every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane, dumps it out the horse, packs it for three! Yeah! yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway. away mistake
1: Folds had a winnable game this week. It's safe to say against the Phoenix Suns, they kind of let it get away from him. Kevin Durant did well. Kevin Durant things. But we're going to focus on some more conversation around this team. There's a first known, I guess, suitor, in a way, for Zach Levine that is now out there. We're going to dive into that. Maybe a buyout target, because whenever there's talk of the Bulls making a move, we got to look at the buyout market, right? And the Milwaukee Bucks fired Adrian Griffin. That is going to be the big topic of conversation, on today's episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Network, presented by betonline.ag. I'm your host, Nick Schultz, alongside my partner, former Bulls bench Bob member and Tennessee Vols, C.J. Watson. C.J., February is coming up fast. The All-Star Game is coming up. I saw that commercial this morning and like that snuck up on me, something fierce. It's getting to be that interesting part of the calendar with a lot of moving pieces.
0: Yeah, a lot of things happening right now. Rumors, you know, coaches getting fired. So it's uh, definitely interesting times right now in the NBA.
1: Interesting to say the least, because there's there's going to be movement on the trade front we've seen a couple of trades now you've got coaches getting moved on it's absolutely crazy week around the association you know dive into all of it after i tell you about our great sponsor betonline.ag it is playoff time and the road to las vegas goes through san francisco and baltimore BetOnline is your number one source for playoff football odds stats trends and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. A lot of great action this weekend for football. Championship weekend is here. Also, buy our shirt, Jordan Pippen 98, The Last Dance campaign style t-shirt at shop.believe.com so you can support our program and you can wear that to support the Bulls as they go through this up and down season. Jordan Pippen, The Last Dance. Shop.believe.com. There's a lot of stuff there to support the other shows on the Believe Network, too. But that is the way to support our show. The link's in my social media bios. A lot of movement this week around the league. Going to get to that in just a second. But first, we have to bring up the absolutely winnable game that was Bulls versus Suns the other night. Bulls had, I want to say, a 23-point lead at one point. That was about when I turned it on. It was about a 20-point game. And yeah, they let Kevin Durant, be Kevin Durant. Bulls dropped the game 115 to 113. Look, those are the games. I don't care if you're tanking. I don't care if you're trying to play for a championship. You cannot lose a game like that. I don't care who you're playing.
0: Yeah, definitely, for sure. I think definitely think that was probably one of the Bulls' best games, I think, you know, to to date so far. Uh, with the lineup, everyone scored in double digits. Uh, the bench didn't play that great, but they still contributed. But uh, I think, like, up and down through top and bottom, uh, low turnover game, shot the three pretty well. Um, besides that, they just, like you said, just let Kevin and be Kevin Durant and he went off and uh, you know he, he scored some. And that's what Kevin, Rant, Kevin Durant does if you let him get hot.
1: 43 points, most of that coming in the fourth quarter because this game, Bulls had a 37 22 lead after the first quarter. That lead got up to 20 some points in the third. I had just started watching Ted Lasso finally. I cannot believe it took me that long to get into that show we watched the first two episodes like, okay, let's now go turn over. It's after halftime. Let's catch the bulls game a little bit. And we turn out like, wow, they're winning by 20. This is great. And then Alex Caruso got that fourth foul. And you see, if you need proof of just how valuable AC is to this team, go watch the replay of Bulls sons. And you see, once he came out, it was a whole different team.
0: Yeah. He, he guards uh, Kevin Durant pretty well. Uh, just does. From, uh, past experiences and past games. Um, I think he's definitely a pest, and he's obviously the Bulls' best uh, defensive defender. So he definitely caused havoc, and uh, it really showed when he went to the bench.
1: And you saw Andre Drummond get some run, maybe longer than we thought he would. Vooch was having a really good game, and it's just rotations. It's nothing Billy Donovan didn't do anything different. It was just the rotations of it. You see the difference with Drummond and Vooch in a game like that where you've got to keep pace on offense. I love Andre Drummond in the rebounding. It wasn't the numbers we're used to, mainly because you had some really good defense. There was also a technical foul called. I think it was on Eubanks in the third quarter. He and Drummond got into it. The Suns fed off that energy, and that was when between that and and Caruso getting his fourth foul, that's when they got back into the game. Just a, just a game you're going to want to have back when you look back at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, definitely for sure. And those are game changing moments when you um Caruso gets his four foul, uh, U-X gets that tech and they they start rolling after that. Um definitely uh, especially when you're at home, you can't really give up that momentum like that. Cause that's like I say, it's game changing. And uh definitely for a road team who's struggling to to win on the road, uh that definitely gotta take a take advantage of those those times when you're up by so many points.
1: Yeah, that taking advantage of it is key. And I, I tweeted this too. It's kind of a double-edged sword, though. I say you can't lose that game. like You you shouldn't have lost that game. But we've had the conversation about the trade deadline and what the front office might or might not do. I feel like that'd be one of those games if they'd have held on and won convincingly. Now, when I say you win that game, I don't care if you win by one. I don't care if you win by 30. You've got to win that game. If they'd have done the latter, though, and won by a big number, I worry what what message the front office would be sending in terms of, is this team going to contend and you're going to maybe put your rose-colored glasses back on?
0: Yeah, I can see where you're coming from from that perspective. And also, you know, especially against the struggling Phoenix team who's kind of been up and down, they're still trying to find their identity and they would have won that game. Maybe the, the Bulls front office stands put and, and says, like, that this team has enough to win, which I still think they have enough to win and compete, but uh, just for the future of the Bulls, I don't know if you want to go down that road.
1: Exactly. You've got to look at the future. And that's why I've been hitting the trade stuff so hard is because you've got to think about what's next. It's the old thing from the West Wing, what's next? I don't know what's next. And with trade rumors, there's been nothing really. The first known real, I guess you can call him a suitor, the first team to specifically come up in conversations with Zach Levine is that the Pistons came out in the Athletic Thursday morning. There was apparently an offer floated that had the Bulls asking for Boyan Bogdanovich and one of the Pistons' young players. And Detroit said no because they don't want to part with Cunningham, Ivy, Thompson, Durin, which I understand. That's a really high asking price, though, for a guy who's on a max contract, paying a lot of money, and he's hurt for the second time this year.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I definitely think like the the NBA, you know, is a business and it's also very petty. I feel like especially there's some bad blood maybe between the Bulls and and Zach Levine. They're not going to send him to anywhere he wants to go, which he probably wants to go to a contender. And uh, I mean, of all places you want to go right now, is not, you don't want to go to Detroit. <laughs> uh, that's like a, that's like a graveyard right now. They're not getting any better. Not winning any games. So I definitely think if they're trying to get something back, it's, they're probably going to have a high asking price, especially for a team like Detroit, but maybe if they goes to a detender, uh, goes to a contender, the asking price might not be as high.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. That's a good way to look at it. Now, if you're serious about Zach and Detroit, if this is a thing, if these conversations are ongoing, if, the Pistons balk at that. Why not ask for a pick? Like I'll yeah. take I'll take Bogdanovich in a pick, and I uh, Casey Johnson brought up the idea of like okay maybe you throw in Joe Harris's expiring deal in there too. I'd be fine with that. I don't wanna. I worry about shooting the, shooting for the moon too much in these deals because the the, the Bulls have been known to have yeah. a high asking price for Zach Levine the last couple of years when these rumors have come up, even yeah. with the injuries. I'm surprised that that's not changing a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think you need picks back. I mean, like I said, I think Please. they got to, they look forward to the future. I mean, I don't want any young guys back. We got enough young talent already who we're trying to still develop and and get better and give them some experience. But we need picks back. We need picks for the future. Uh, and this team isn't going to stay, you know, uh, as put for the next two or three years. So we got to look forward to the future and kind of build for that for that reason.
1: Well, and that's why getting a guy like Bogdanovich, he can help you right now. He's a good yeah. good role player. He'll come in. He'll provide some shooting help to kind of take the load off Kobe White. If you can get a pick in there that helps for the future, yeah, so yeah. it's—I I didn't understand that when I saw that report that that's like that's what they were asking for. Like I get, I, I'm fine with Bogdanovich. I'm fine with that as a target. Adding in one of their studs in there, come on, like yeah, I know yeah. it's a business. Maybe that comes down the next couple of weeks. You never know. Not right. a great start to the old Zach Levine rumor mill, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, not, not, yeah, definitely not right. Not the start we wanted at least. <laughs>
1: Well, and if you're Detroit, too, you're looking at this. They want to hold on. I mentioned those guys. I I, lo- I have loved Jaden Ivey since he was at Purdue. Cade Cunningham is fantastic. I don't know as much about Durin and Thompson because they didn't play in college. Obviously, they play, came up through G League and Overtime Elite. So I don't know as much about them, but their games are exciting, to say the least. Yeah. But if you're Detroit and things are going so poorly and teams want to give you maybe some assets for these guys, do you consider selling at this point?
0: I mean, I like my talent. If I'm Detroit, I got a lot of young talent. I got a lot of young assets. Um, I want to see if they're going to continue to to grow and build and get that experience. So I don't know if I would sell any of my, my young talent right now.
1: So you would maybe like wait till the summer to kind yeah, of maybe. see how the season goes?
0: Yeah, just to see, to see it. Like I said, see if they continue to grow, see which ones blossoms, which ones don't, which ones play well together, which ones don't. So I think all that kind of matters in the whole grand scheme of things.
1: I mean, it's a lot of pressure on Lonnie. I'll tell you that (laughs) five and 39, as we record this, like they've got, they've got the talent on paper. I mean, I said it before the year, I thought they were going to be one of these teams that could maybe surprise some people. And yeah, I called that putt way too early. I mean, things It's just not been great. So I could maybe see a world where they go through the season, see what adjustments Monty can make as things go along maybe reassess over the summer once you find out where you're where you're picking in the draft is going to be a big thing here because again yeah, sure, not yeah. a very strong draft this year so this is all when you talk about getting picks back too that's a part of the conversation too right. is let's look at this draft and i it's not great from a jump off the page standpoint
0: yeah it doesn't look like any like uh you know any Victor or no ron james coming out, of, the, out no. of this draft so it's definitely going to be like a you know a draft where guys come in and maybe take two or three years to Get acclimated and and kind of find their role in the NBA and on on a team.
1: Yeah, it's going to be what I'm going to watch this college season really close. I mentioned it the other day. I love Dalton Connect, one of your Tennessee guys. Reed Shepard at Kentucky is fantastic. So is DJ Wagner. Kentucky's got a lot of young guys that I'm kind of keeping an eye on. But do they jump off the page? It's a conversation we're going to have over the next couple months. There was a move this week, though, that I thought was interesting when it happened. Kyle Lowry was involved in this. Charlotte is sending Terry Rozier to the Heat. Love that fit. By yeah. the way, I, I love that for Miami. They sent back Kyle Lowry and a 2027 first. First off, Terry Rozier in Miami that fits like a glove, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I like his game. I love it. I love scary Terry. Uh, the offense that he brings, I think that's what they need more of because they need more scoring in uh, in Miami. Uh, definitely got a lot of defense, uh, but another scoring point guard would definitely help them out a lot.
1: And I think Heat culture is perfect for him. Oh and yeah, I think him. he I think he kind of fits that mold. It, it reminds me, and now it's, it's kind of apples and oranges because it's it's a drafty. It reminds me when Jaime Jaquez went to the Heat. It's like okay, that feels like a no brainer. Like I love Jaime Jaquez at UCLA, and Terry Rozier. He seems like he's going to fit in really well. So I I really like that for the yeah. Heat because they're putting they've got to they got to pick it up a little bit in the standings. They're kind of flirting with that play in spot, and they're the sick. They'd be the sixty right now, but they're they're kind of back and forth there. Getting a guy like Terry Rozier is big for them, even if it cost him a first in a few years.
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. I think uh, he's been playing like kind of like freelance basketball, uh, pretty much with no structure. But he's he's so good. He's uh, he's skilled. Uh, like I said, he can score the ball. He's he's uh, no fear out there. But put him in a system like a, a Miami system where they have some structure. He knows where you know where shots are going to come from instead of so having always to create them. Uh, I think it's going to work uh, best for his game and also for the Miami Heat.
1: And now the other side of this coin is why I'm bringing this trade up. So Kyle Lowry's going to Charlotte, and that Charlotte's not great right now. I think Steve Clifford's still the favorite to be the night. He was supposed to be the first coach fire, and then the Bucks decided to kick Adrian Griffin to the curb, which we'll talk about in a second. But Kyle Lowry's an interesting piece here because on the surface you think he'd be a buyout candidate with that situation in Charlotte and the way his season's gone. Just get a fresh start maybe join a team and make a run at this thing it reminds me of like the Patrick Beverly situation last year. Funny enough, Patrick Beverly ended up with the bulls and DeMar Derozan got asked about that idea. If the bulls were to pursue Kyle Lowry, he's, I mean, that's one of his best friends. They came up together in Toronto. Like, yeah. so the, he even said, he's like, Kyle would fit anywhere. I'm at, that's a direct quote. Obviously we don't know if Demar will still be here when right. that happens, but yeah. on the surface here, the idea of Kyle Lowry, if the bulls were to pursue that, I don't know about that fit. Now we don't know if he's going to be bought out or not, but this is just hypothetically, we don't know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I think if uh, maybe like if the Bulls, you know, decide to stand stand how they are for the roster and maybe not trade Zach or DeMar and they get <laughs> and they get somebody like Kyle, like I said, they can maybe make a run for the playoffs. I don't think they're still talented enough to beat a Boston or a Milwaukee, but you know, uh they'll they'll probably at least be in the playing game for sure and then definitely, you know, maybe have a chance to upset, you know, uh, one of those top teams. But uh, I think it's a it's a good fit, maybe. Uh, definitely, they, they need another scoring point guard. Kyle's kind of at the end of his career, not really that much of a score, but he can still plays defense, makes hustling plays, makes winning plays, and that could maybe help some of these young guys.
1: Maybe it's a good thing they blew that lead to the Suns so we're not having <laughs> that conversation about keeping this whole thing together. Right. That would have been my big worry, and this would be a more serious thing. Now, the plan is for Charlotte to trade. Kyle Lowry and that's understandable he does I don't think he wants to be bought out that seems to be I know Sean I think Sean said that too like it's it's been around that he doesn't want to be bought out so maybe this won't happen but if you can't find a suitor if you're Charlotte you maybe got to think about it and just deal with it and move on I think the Bulls would because it's the Bulls they'd be involved it's just a matter of that fit now he I brought up Patrick Beverly we brought last year I wasn't sure how Pat Bev would fit into this whole thing fit in really well and it yeah. seems like one of those, maybe they missed him a little bit this year, but they seem. I think, I think Javon Carter kind of off the court is kind of filling that Pat Bev role in terms right. of like up here mentally. Yeah, yeah. But bringing in Kyle Lowry, that fit maybe would be a little bit smoother. Yeah. In a way, but I still don't think it takes you to like a championship level, you know? If yeah. This yeah.
0: yeah. It definitely doesn't take you to a championship level, but he's, he's an older guy, probably maybe one or two years left at the max. And uh, but like I said, it definitely probably can help these young guys maybe uh, gain some experience and gain some knowledge from a player like him, uh, championship type player, um, and just the knowledge that he brings to the game and the things that he can uh, inflect on these on these young guys will probably help him.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch as we we've had just a couple trades here and there. It is now January twenty fifth, and we're recording this All Star Games coming up next week, and then it's deadline day. Feels like some conversations are going to happen in Indy, and that might be when things start picking up a little bit but let's move on from trade talks because we got to talk about the situation with the bucks and the reason we didn't leave with this is because we're believing bulls we got to talk bulls but now we've got to talk about what's going on just up the road in milwaukee uh 43 games into this thing adrian griffin former bulls assistant is out Doc Rivers is now coming in fresh off the ESPN telecast. Uh, Mike Breen had a great line Wednesday night when he thanked Doc for his weeks of service to ESPN. <laughs> it was a very well-written open. Mm-hmm. Uh, Milwaukee was 30-13 and 13 when this happened. I about dropped my phone when I got Shams' right. notification. I sent it to you. And were you as shocked as I was?
0: I definitely was as shocked. I, obviously, they're the uh, second-best team in the East. Uh, obviously, we know they weren't playing great defensively. Um and uh like I said just shocking uh Griff was my coach in uh Chicago assistant coach so I'm sure he tried to hold those guys accountable and maybe they didn't take too kindly to it and I I say this all the time this is a player's league nowadays and if a player doesn't like you uh he's the the franchise player you mean you're pretty much you're pretty much done so uh, I'm not sure how that went with the whole uh Giannis and and coach Griffin thing but I'm sure that had probably had a big thing to do with it Giannis having a say in it and and didn't liken it. But also I think like the whole thing was Terry stops when he was there and then all, all of a sudden just leaves. Uh, so I'm sure that's a whole, whole, you no, know, a whole bunch of drama just in itself. So uh, definitely unfortunate, but you know, uh, the Bucks have a lot of, a lot of things to kind of figure out and settle and then try to get back on this uh, on the right track.
1: Well, and the thing about this is we heard this was Giannis's guy. Like yeah. over, when they hired him, it was like Giannis is, he was in his corner. He was yeah. in Griff's corner. And now, There was video that someone got him on video. It looked like he was drawing up a play on the bench. And then the game after this was Wednesday night. They were dancing before (laughs) the game, which I didn't like that. You know, it's like weird situation in Milwaukee. And I know the defense. I think that's kind of that's the thing people have pointed to when talking about this move is the defense hasn't been very good. The record is what it is, but the way they were winning Is it sustainable? Can it win you a championship? Remember, they lost to the Bulls a couple weeks ago, and they're a shorthanded Bulls team. So maybe those were parts of the conversations too, was about the defense and the way they're winning some of these games. Yeah, losing Drew
0: Holiday is a is a big defensive play. That's probably one of the reasons why they're one of the top defensive teams in the league. And losing a guy like that, of course, your your off your defense is going to drop. And then you know, adding Dame, obviously he's not the best defensive player, but he brings you so much offense. I think that's kind of like a the switch that you knew you were probably going to going to lack. So I think having a, a bad defensive team is not surprising, especially you know Brook Lopez is getting a little older, uh Bobby Forge is getting older. So all those things you gotta you know bring into consideration when you're saying uh, the team is is bad defensively.
1: Yeah, we said that at the time when they got rid of Drew. We're like, uh what's the defense gonna look like? Cause he was yeah. kind of he was the straw that stirred the drink there. And maybe other guys were gonna step up, but doesn't seem like it. So far, get I mean, it's one thing the record; it is what it is. But the, they're giving up 120 points a game yeah. right now. Like that <laughs> is that's why my question of is it sustainable? Well, they're outscoring teams. They're averaging 125 a game, but when you're giving up 120, they are that would be good for uh, let's see, worst, second worst, third, fifth worst in the yeah. Eastern Conference right now. Like, and the only comparable team, the only team that is averaging the same amount of offense as the Bucs but is worse defensively is the Pacers yeah like that it is crazy looking looking at the numbers they're both averaging 124.6 a game and they're both giving up 120 plus points a game one of those teams is in the middle of the pack in the east the other one has the second best record that is just absolutely crazy to me
0: yeah you can't you can't win a lot of games giving up 120 points and I think a lot of a lot of the wins kind of just over overshadowed all how, how 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 bad defensively they are. Uh, obviously, when you have Giannis and Dame, it's going to take a a lot of pressure off, but and add a lot of pressure um for winning wise. But yeah, just losing losing Drew is just a, a big letdown uh, defensively. And you can't really recover from that.
1: And now bringing in a guy like Doc, is this an upgrade? <laughs> I, I I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's an upgrade. I don't know, uh, especially. I just feel like this is uh Doc was probably the guy they wanted uh, the whole time especially with him being a consultant and then coming down uh Yeah that so- was
1: interesting when that came down. I didn't know that.
0: As soon as the coach getting fired now you're now you're the next one hired uh that just uh it just felt shady to me. Um so like I said it's is uh, it's going to be interesting to see how well it works out and, and Doc is going to be on the hot seat if he can't get this team you know better defensively and you know past the first or second round. they if they lose the first or second round it's going to be a lot of pressure on him.
1: Yeah, that's what he's walking into here is you've got high expectations. You've got a lot of personalities in that yep. locker room. You've got Giannis and Dame are like the focal points here. And it, it felt like, too, there was a lot of shuffling with the rotations, too, that yeah. was kind of going on. So, like, I mean, and when when Griff took the job, Dame wasn't there yet.
0: Right. So
1: the job changed before training camp. So right. there was there was a lot of factors here. It feels like, and I was watching. I think it was on First Take today. They compared it to the Lakers in 1980 and the Cavs in 2016. The Cavs one's the one that stuck out to me. It reminds me of the David Blatt situation. Both of those teams went on to win championships. By the right. way, is why I throw the Lakers into this too. Yeah. Like it feels very similar to David Blatt, Ty Lue, Adrian Griffin, Doc Rivers in a way.
0: Yeah, but I think those are those teams are a little different because those coaches came from the bench and then went to the head coaching spot. I- oh, sure. Coach Rivers is coming or Doc's coming from, you know, uh, ESPN, being a consultant, but he's not in the locker room every day. He doesn't see the egos. He doesn't see the the good and the bad that's in the locker room every day. So it's kind of a little bit different from the past. Also, those assistant coaches kind of saw the the climate of the the locker room day to day. So they knew what they were getting in, themselves into. But now from looking uh, from afar, you don't really know what you're getting yourself into.
1: Yeah, I remember Ty Lu was LeBron's guy. Like yeah. I remember, that was my that was my senior year of high school when yeah. that happened. Like that, I remember watching that, and it, it, he was Ty Tyloo. That was that was LeBron's dude. That was who the players yeah. wanted, and it worked out. You know, three one leads, man. But right. now <laughs> go going to Doc. I think it's just interesting. Last time we saw him was the game sevens, and yeah. we know that track record in the playoffs. It's a matter of if he doesn't get over the hump here, will he?
0: Yeah, I don't know because uh, I don't know if any coaches really ever figured out how to really get Giannis to be productive, you know, in a in a playoff setting where it's half court basketball when you know he's not the best shooter, but Giannis is still so good getting to the rim. But you know, eventually they're gonna, uh, you know, just uh just kind of build a wall against him and, and make him pass it out. But now you have Dame, who's a great shooter. So like I said, it's right. gonna be interesting to, to see how 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 many adjustments he can make and when those adjustments work at the playoffs.
1: And I think the adjustments that they absolutely 100% start on the defensive end. I think you're going to see I think you're going to start there and maybe that's when you'll see the offense kind of go from there and they won't have as much pressure on them to just score, 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 score. And we, we joked about the Siakam trade for the Pacers that they're kind of embracing the, we're going to outscore you try and keep up. It's one thing when you're in the middle of the pack and you're kind of I don't want to say you're a team with nothing to lose because expectations are playoffs in yeah, Indy, yeah. but when you're Milwaukee and you're talking championship robust, right? It is a completely different thing. Yeah.
0: A lot, a lot, way different pressure. Two different ends of the spectrums, and it's uh, just going to be see, interesting to see how well they adjust and um, if uh, if he can hold these guys accountable and if the superstars will let him let him hold them accountable.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna be watching the Bucks like a yeah. hawk here. Like this is gonna be. Really interesting. And now obviously, and Doc didn't coach Wednesday night, obviously. So a lot happening really fast. That's not the only coaching change though. Thursday morning woke up to the news that Wes Unsell Jr. is getting kicked upstairs. The Wizards are moving him up to the front office. Kinda it's not exactly like the Celtics did with Brad Stevens because he went to president of basketball ops. But Wes Unsell Jr. moving into a front office role. They're gonna reevaluate a full-time coach after the year. What an Interesting spot for the Wizards because they're not one of they're their, what's their record now? They are the worst team. Oh, that's still points per game. Right. My it didn't it didn't resort back to the standing. <laughs> uh, second worst record in the East. The Wizards are, and they're clearly embracing the tank. I don't know what's next for Washington.
0: Yeah, I don't know what's next for them either. I feel like they got to build through the draft and through free agency, and uh, I guess it feels
1: like they tried to. That's the
0: thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that well, they didn't try hard enough. Well, <laughs> <Fair
1: enough. laughs> I think they, uh, they got to figure out their
0: coach, and uh, maybe that's that that will you know help a little bit. Um, getting uh, getting like I said, just getting better players in there, players who care, players who want to win, and uh, just changing that that uh, that, that atmosphere around the, around, around the franchise.
1: Yeah, the Jordan Poole move was an interesting one over the yeah. offseason. Uh, sounds like Kyle Kuzma is a hot name. When we talk about trade rumors and anyone who could come up there, it sounds like Kuz is going to be one of those to watch. Look, when the Bulls drafted Patrick Williams, I was sitting here calling for Denny Avdia. That was my guy at yeah. four. And it seems like he's maybe starting to turn a corner, but the question is, is he a guy you build around? I don't yeah. know. Looking at this roster, who... Is your centerpiece like you've got a lot more questions than answers? Now you got a coaching spot to fill too.
0: Yeah, I think that's the, that's what they're trying to figure out too. Like, who do we build around? Who's our franchise player? um Just to see like you know the trajectory of the of the franchise. So I think once they figure that out, then maybe they can kind of go in a certain direction. But until then, you're really just you know you're just out there winging it.
1: <laughs> that's exactly it. And I know they've got Marvin Bagley now. Like that's another interesting move it sounds like they are just kind of taking on maybe shedding some salary etc cetera, etc cetera. I don't I I saw the West unsell Junior news I wasn't like surprised that they moved on I was surprised they kicked him upstairs but I wasn't right. surprised they moved on just because they're they're stuck in the mud and I was it was one of those drafts that that covid draft where you had you had Patrick Williams at four I thought the taken Denny abdia there were other I mean I think that was that Tyrese Halliburton was he in that draft or was that uh, Darius Garland? It was one of those young yeah. point guards was in that draft, yeah. and it was like maybe one of them can go. That whole evaluation process was was weird. First of all, but if you're Washington, it wasn't like a high high pick. It was one of those guys. Maybe Denny can be that young guy you build around. Yeah. Now they're just seem they kind of I don't want to say wandering aimlessly, but they're just kind of I don't know. Which there's not just two paths. There's a million paths they can take <laughs> yeah. here, and I'm curious to hear what Matt, what Matt has to say in believe in Wizards because what a weird spot.
0: Yeah, it's definitely you know they got to figure it out, uh, you know, hopefully soon. But they, I think they really, they somehow believe in Danny a little bit since they gave him uh, a new contract. So
1: yes, they did uh, give him the contract. I was going to yeah, so, call. Mean,
0: the belief is somewhere, somewhat there, just trying to figure out if he will live up to the contract uh, now.
1: And I don't feel like playing the game. Oh, would you rather have Denny or Patrick Williams? I'm not playing that game. No, we're not <laughs> not there yet. I like to, I'm one of those. I like to wait five years after a draft. And that's yeah. in any sport, whether it's NFL, NBA, five years after a draft, it's really a good tell yeah, yeah. for that type of thing. So we're we're not quite ready for that conversation yet. But it's, it's just weird that the Pistons are in that last place spot, five and 39, all that talent, all that yeah. young talent trying to find their way and the Wizards ha- are two and a half games up and you don't know who your centerpiece is. And with the coaching hire, I, I don't know what's going to happen in the front office with the general manager spot. They're also looking at a new arena. There's a lot more moving pieces going on in Washington than just this, but it's in the Eastern Conference. So it's just we're seeing coaching changes before the trade deadline, too. This is just this little stretch here. lot of news, a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors. And as a player, I can't imagine. How
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy as a player, man. Like I said, you never know if you're going to be that one trade or not. And uh, you're just trying to play well. And uh, I think from here on out until the trade deadline comes, we're going to continue to see rumors and continue to see things that happen uh, for the best teams and for the worst teams.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we I know we've been hitting the rumors hard the last few weeks just because with Zach, it's everybody wants to know what's going to happen, what's going to happen. Yeah. It sounds like they might end up holding on to him. Maybe you can find a trade partner somehow to take on that contract still watching DeRozan if they get an offer for Caruso that excites them we'll cross that bridge when we get there and I mean I mentioned Kuzma too maybe we'll see what happens with Kuzma you saw saw the Terry Rozier trade maybe there's more coming down the line I think Woj and Shams are gonna get a little busier here
0: yeah last couple weeks
1: and Indy Indianapolis to the all-star game that's gonna a lot of people gonna be there there's gonna be a lot of conversations I think
0: yeah definitely a lot of networking going on
1: (laughs) absolutely absolutely it, that happens in indy every year because the nfl Combine's there too and that's what happened last year if you're a bears fan you remember the combine went a week and a half later they traded the pick like it's that those types of events yeah. are key for people trying to figure out what's next and who who knows are the, are the bulls going to do anything i don't know uh, is, is arturo's going to go and just watch the game or is he going to actually talk to people and try and work out a deal
0: <laughs> i don't know we hope, we hope he does <laughs>
1: do something. It's just, you feel like, it feels like there has to be something done. And I, who knows what that something is, but either way, they're still in the middle of this thing in the play in picture, 21 and 24 as a Thursday, they're playing Thursday night against the Lakers, which again, possible trade partner, every, anybody could be a possible trade partner at this point in the year, but the Lakers have come up a lot in connection with Levine. We'll see what happens there. The Hawks are right behind them. They've got a little bit of a cushion now for that nine spot. So, I'm thinking play-in with this team, no matter what happens at the deadline. I'm thinking play-in yeah. if they fall out of it and can get a better draft pick. Great. Otherwise, you are where you are.
0: Yeah, even even before the season, I was thinking play-in, too. So that's kind of right up the uh, yeah. way I'm thinking. So uh, anything besides that will, will surprise me and shock me. But, you know, um, I'm definitely still being positive about the Bulls.
1: See, I was thinking borderline ten seed. So the fact that they're the nine seed, I'm like, this is going great. Like it's yeah. <laughs> better than, especially considering they were five and fourteen. Like they're right. the nine seed. Okay, I'm that's better than I thought they'd be. They're proving yeah. that they this young core is playing well together. Now it's just about right. you got to get some complimentary pieces in, and that's where the deadline comes in. And please, for the love of everything holy, get some draft picks. Yeah, please, yeah. I know I say it's a down draft. You need young talent build for the future. You can find surprises. In this draft, the MVP, you didn't even hear his name called in the draft because it was in the second round when they dra- when the Nuggets drafted Jokic. Right. Anything can happen.
0: Yeah, anything can happen. You know, you just got to go out there and do your due diligence and, uh, you know, get the scouts ready. Send the scouts out there.
1: And I know our tourist knows about Jokic because he was part of that front office that drafted him. So right. I know you can find hidden gems in the draft. But yeah. either way, this is going to be the over – this is going to be like the – elephant in the room the next few weeks is what's going to happen. Is this team going to stay together? Is DeMar gone? Are they just going to be active in the buyout market? We don't know. We're going to try and predict it all, try and keep track of it all going forward. That's a wrap for today's episode of Believe in Bulls. here on the Believe Network presented by betonline.ag. Another interesting show today as we go through the ever evolving landscape that is the NBA. Who knows if any coaches are going to surprisingly get fired. And then over the weekend, any trades happen over the weekend. But either way, CJ, we got plenty to talk about when we come back here for Tuesday's show.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely.
1: We will see everybody then. Enjoy the weekend. Also, don't forget to buy our shirt, Jordan Pippinetti at the last stance. Shop.believe.com. We will see you all back here next week.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.